Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. If you or a loved one finds yourself needing legal representation, do the right thing. Contact Marcos Garza and his team at 865-540-8300. Or you can chat online with a representative at GarzaLaw.com. You can get in touch with someone 24-7, 365. If you find yourself needing legal representation, don't panic. But you're also going to want the best result possible. Marcos Garza and his team will do just that. Before you say guilty, say Garza. GarzaLaw.com. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It is Wednesday, January 11th. Seth joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Good to hear your voice as always. Yep. As we roll along, college football is over. Thank God. Damn you, Ryan Day. Georgia, another national championship. Blah, 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 blah. Basketball season is officially here, and we look good. We look real good. We look real good. I love, like, I just love conference basketball. It's sometimes it's really hard for me to care about non-conference basketball. Um, well, basically, they have to be playing a Power 5 team for me to even, like, care at all. But uh, conference basketball is amazing. I can't wait just to watch Alabama and Arkansas tonight. Um, I just love it. Tennessee looks amazing. Um, they can play not that great and still win by – we ended up winning by nine, right, last night, I guess? Correct. You know, but we pulled away like – yeah, we're, 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 we're pretty good. The media is already starting their assault on our team, so I ask every decent person to strap in and support these boys and protect these boys because the Kansas win might as well have not even happened. The Kansas win just didn't even happen. And two, the narrative about our defense being lucky is starting to make the rounds. So just remember that every journalist should be in jail. And when you see them disparaging our boys, be there to support and protect them because they need it. Because if it's up, if it's up to the journalists, they're going to have us as a four seed with a top two net rating, a top two Ken Palm ranking, a top two Torvik ranking. They're going to have us as like on the four line. Yeah, it's hard to stand by and watch this. I mean, we, 
feels good on one hand that we've been so vindicated, right? This podcast has really led the charge since day one in 2015 of protecting Rick Barnes and talking about how great he is. And, you know, this might be his best team ever. And it's tough that a future Hall of Famer is not getting any type of respect, really. You know, that tweet by Jeff Goodman was sickening when he's talking about the top five teams in the country and, and Tennessee doesn't get included. What, Even if what you, he should have been a top six at the very least, yeah, bro. What, what killed me about that tweet was he talked about like how impossible it was to rank the top five. After after the top five, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after the th- after the top five, it was easy. Or whatever, or whatever he said. It was like Tennessee was just not even... It's like UConn just lost twice. Kansas lost, got their ass kicked by Tennessee without Tennessee's potential best player. Most important player, no doubt. Correct. It's just... Th- th- it... We talked about getting a one seed a couple weeks ago, and this is kind of why I feel like it's just impossible for us, too. It's because... The, like the the Kansas win never happened, but the Colorado loss one thousand percent did. I mean, the parallels obviously in football are Colorado is South Carolina and and Kansas is Alabama, and they're going to do the same thing to us. They're trying to do the same thing to us in basketball that they did to us in football. What what's crazy about basketball was what well like. Yeah, I mean, it's just, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Alabama gets the benefit of the doubt in basketball, which whatever, Alabama's really good. That's not, that's not my issue. It's just that Tennessee's really, really good too. UConn's getting a lot of mileage out of beating Alabama. We're not getting that same mileage from beating Kansas. And we're not getting near that mileage out of beating Kansas. Not even close. The Kansas win straight up did not happen. And then to top it all off, we have Ken Palm. No offense to Will Warren, but we have a professional nerd. A professional dork. Talking about how lucky our defensive numbers are. I mean, look. I'm not an accountant. Like Ken, I don't sit there and look at Excel spreadsheets all day like Ken does. But how many times are guys shooting wide open threes against our defense? It's not often. It's not often. Not even to mention, as Will Warren pointed out, teams are shooting like 5% better from the free throw line against us than they are other teams. So like it, it, it there's some give and take. It's just, it's sickening. It's sickening. And, and, and the Jeff Goodman stuff, that really brought it to a head. That that really brought it to a head. Because when you went through the replies, there was a bunch of non-Tennessee fans being like, dude, this is stupid. Tennessee would be favored over every team except Houston. It's just really, really tough to sit by and watch this happen, so I'm glad that we have our platform to speak up. Just protect these boys. Rick Barnes and these boys deserve better. They do. They do. This team has a bunch of seniors that deserve better. And there's part of me, it's like, it doesn't matter. But on the other hand, it does matter because you don't get to have a tournament to decide seating. It is all about perception and the things they say about you. And I, I sat by and we watched it happen in college football. 
we watched them, you know, put our team down and not give us proper respect in college football, and then we end up the season ranked behind an Alabama team that we beat, that we had a better resume then. It absolutely does matter. It absolutely does matter because the difference in being, even last year, being a two seed would have been a million times better than being a three seed. No offense to St. Peter's and what they did for us against Kentucky. Continuing our basketball and football comparisons, that would make Kentucky basketball, Florida football, because both of our ops seem to be in shambles. Yeah. Yeah. Florida football just had their five-star commitment say, I went out of my letter of intent. I'm not coming. Kentucky basketball followed up an ass-whipping at the hands of Alabama by dropping a home game to South Carolina. The same South Carolina that we beat on the road by 40 points. They had as many points at halftime as they did in 40 minutes against UT. They had 42 points at half last night. So at least our ops are struggling. Yeah, I am. Uh, I don't even know. He has not won an NCAA tournament game since March 23, 2019. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going on. to If he doesn't do it this year, which it doesn't look like they will, it'll be five seasons, correct? Yeah. Minus one without an NCAA tournament. Yeah, which is funny because they were actually pretty good that year. Like at the time that COVID stopped that season, they were ranked number eighth in the country and were uh, 15 and three in the SEC and 25 and six overall. His last NCAA tournament game, or, or, or no, not game, but. I guess it'd be four years. This would be four years, sorry. The, the uh, that, that 2019 year, they looked like they were going to win the national title, honestly. And they. Lost in overtime to an Auburn team that they had beaten 80 to 53 one month prior. I don't really, I, I don't really understand how they're this bad. Well, I've been saying it for a while. To me, it just comes down to just, it, to me, it's as simple as look at the top end talent. They don't have any anymore. Yeah, but Tennessee doesn't really either. Well, yeah, but that, Rick Barnes is a different type of coach than Calipari. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, like we have seniors that have grown together. We have a basketball team, and they're still trying to do the five-star plug-and-play thing. Like, they're still starting over with freshmen, but they're doing so without high-level NBA draft picks. Like, it's one thing when you have John Wall. It's one thing when you have Derrick Rose at Memphis or Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns. It's another when you're, you know, last year your best player – Shaden Sharp doesn't even play. And your your best player that got drafted is Ty Ty Washington at number 29. Or I guess Isaiah Jackson is well, the year before at 22. Like, he hasn't had a top 10 pick since Kevin Knox in 2019. Or 18, 2018. That's top 10, and Kevin Knox wasn't even any good. Yeah, yeah. Like, De'Aaron Fox in 2017 is probably his last actual, like, good prospect. Yeah, that, that dude was pretty stout. Shot Gilgis Alexander ended up being a good NBA player, but like he was drafted 11th. He wasn't that guy coming out of school. Neither was, you know, uh, uh, Bam. Bam wasn't that guy coming out of school. So to me, it's to me, it's that simple. Like <clears throat> he's not the best X's and O's coach. We know that obviously, but he also just doesn't have elite players anymore. Yeah, he's not getting those guys. Therefore, they're not carrying him to wins. This team. I mean, that Cass and Wallace guy or whatever, I think uh, the mock draft I saw had him at number nine 
which is a little surprising because I don't when I watch him, I don't think of anything you know him being any special at all. But at least he is shooting like forty six percent from three, so maybe he does project well at the next level. But he he obviously ain't good enough to carry this team. When he like left the game last night, right? Yeah, and apparently he's going to he's questionable for the Tennessee game. I, I would be surprised if he played actually. Yeah, what is he? Was he actually hurt, or was it like uh, I'm protecting my brand kind of thing? Yeah, I was at the game, vaulted up, supporting the boys against Vandy. So I, I don't know exactly what happened. I just saw after the game, it was said that he was uh, questionable for the yeah, Tennessee I game. I didn't watch any of it until the very end. Um, oh, they're really, really bad. Just. They don't even care, man. Like, they don't even play hard. Are they just a study into, like, NIL tearing apart a locker room? Because, you know, all the talk is about Oscar getting to come back and make all that money. And I've seen people pointing it out in the Discord, but it seems like the players hate Oscar, and it seems like he hates the players, like to the point where he's telling Coach Calipari to play walk-ons because the other guys don't care. That seems like a bad dynamic when you're struggling. And they're struggling. They're terrible. It doesn't seem like a team that's really going to rally and play hard for each other. No, they've quit. I mean, now they might get it back together or whatever, but, like, they quit. They have quit. If you think they're going to get it back together, you would you would imagine that, like, getting the absolute shit kicked out of them by Alabama would have been the wake-up call. Like, hey, let's go bully the South Carolina team and get back on track. And then they came out and, of course, laid another egg. Oh yeah, I'm not. They might. I mean, I don't know that they will. He's a he's pretty good psychologist. Yeah, but I think and, and knows what buttons changes. to push. But I, I just don't know at this point. Like normally with them, it happens like about two or three weeks ago, and they're never this bad beforehand. Like yeah, they struggle a little bit, and then around Christmas, it's like Christmas Day, the the, the switch flips. But it doesn't happen this late, and they're not this bad to begin with. And like you said, they have a lot more talent. Well, also, there's there's Texas lingering this time, too. And there's the fans being completely out on Calipari. This isn't a regular year that you could just say, well, they'll flip the switch because it might be past the point of return. Yeah, I agree, I agree. In the Discord live chat, CB writes that Matt Jones said, Oscar goes to practice, does his th- own thing off the court, and that the other players basically don't know him. It seems bad for your team leader to be doing that. And they seem like a team that doesn't have a team leader, so all that checks out. Yeah, they seem like it's kind of just a randomly put together team, too. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that, that to me was the biggest difference when you're talking about, you know, Rick Barnes and that talent and all that stuff. Like, Our guys have been together a long yeah, time. Yeah, we, we have a team that makes sense. Like, you have, a, you have guys that have gone to war together that seem like they all really like each other, but that also, like, have defined roles on the basketball team. Yeah, Kentucky is very randomly put together. I mean, that that's... And it's that case every year, you know, for the most part, but even, like, his great teams had, like, a Patrick Peterson on there or a the Terrence Jones is on the other one. Like, they had that, that you know, third or fourth-year power forward that kind of was the glue guy. Well, yeah, they and they had that one guy that randomly, like, he could have been that this year, but he up and transferred to Washington. Um this year. And I can't remember his name, but he started for him the past two years. I guess he saw the rotting on the wall. He was like their foreman. And then he, uh, I mean, he would have he he started for this team. He 
transferred to Washington, who isn't who isn't good, but yeah, yeah, they're terrible. I mean, they're just really bad. It's but they can't get rid of them, right? Like they they they, they owe pay them fifty four million dollars. But like the only chance for them to have like a, a lifeline is Texas just wanting to hire him. And if I'm Calipari, I would want to get poached away. So there's, to me, this is a question asked um, by, uh, oh yeah, by, by, by Marwan. Marwan asked this question, do you want Kentucky to fire Cal? Well, I, I don't think they can, but I understand your question. And I say no, absolutely not. I don't want Kentucky to get rid of Cal Perry at this point. Like, I want him to stay. I want them to be stuck with him. It would be much worse for them to hire some guy that is has his best days ahead of him. Yeah, but the guys who have their best here, – here's what I would say is, is the guy who has their best days ahead of him, is he going to be a big enough name to quench their thirst? Like, Calipari made sense because he was young and in Memphis, right? Like, he was an NBA guy. He had a hot shot had gone to a Final Four, had built a pretty good, like, Group 5 program. That was basically a Power 5 program. Am I missing anybody in college basketball who fits that bill now? Well, I'm just saying they can get a better coach than, than him. Well, yeah, they could definitely get a better X's and O's coach, but what I'm asking is are they going to have one that fits their need? Well, I think, one, I think it's insanely easy to recruit there. Sure, sure, but I mean, like, like, what would their list even be? What is their list? I, I have no idea. I don't know. Musselman would be on it, and I think Oates would be on it. Yeah, like if you told me they got Nate Oates, I would be terrified. Like, Nate Oates would be, uh, you know, Kirby Smart at Georgia, almost. I'm just saying, they can get a better coach than what, they can get a lot better coach than what they currently have as of today. Now, I think, I mean, they Cal might turn it around, whatever, next year, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he has like four top ten players coming or whatever. But... What they have now is a guy that we beat every single year, at least once, sometimes twice. We are having players spend four years in school and leave with a winning record versus Kentucky. And Kentucky's not winning any national titles. They're not even going to Final Fours anymore. So I absolutely do not want Cal to leave Kentucky. Absolutely not. This is, this is good. This is good for Tennessee. They can continually pick Kentucky to finish ahead of Tennessee like they do every year, and Tennessee will finish ahead of them like they have been every year. Yeah, there is a part of me that wants a complete dumpster fire, but at the same time, I guess they're not that far off from being a dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean... Like, this is like a a quote-unquote dark age, but like, it's been pretty bad. You know, they just got embarrassed in the tournament last year. They were 9-16 the year before. They're probably going to miss the tournament this year. Yeah, the the thing about this is that, like, you can fire Billy Clyde Gillespie. Okay? You can get rid of him. He's a drunk that didn't win. You can't fire John Calperi. And are they, are right now, are the results that different? I mean, they went 9-16, and 16, you said, at Kentucky? What was it, two years ago? Last year they did whatever. This year they're what? They're one and three in conference. I mean, his last year they went twenty two and fourteen and eight and eight at Kentucky. Like, that's not that far off. So 
the thing is, is that you can get rid of, of Gillespie. Can you, you can't get rid of Cal. You can't pay $54 million to get rid of a dude, to get rid of him. You can't do it. I really hope that Thompson Bowling can still get up for the game on Saturday. It's tough when these NIT teams come in here, especially when they are going to treat us like we're their Super Bowl. I just really hope that Barnes can can have the boys ready, and I really hope that the audience can get ready for a, a noon tip against a bottom feeder. I'm a little nervous about that. It was a little quiet against Vanderbilt last night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. It's just weird to have Kentucky be like this and just be crawling in. They're not even limping in. They're crawling on all fours. This might be their last stand. If they have any pride, if there's any, you know, if there are any buttons for Calipari to push, it probably would be for this game, right? And maybe not even to win. You know, Will Warren said this, and I agree. Like, if you're Kentucky, you're just probably coming in here to try to keep it close, which is funny. Yeah, if I'm a Kentucky fan, like, winning is out the window. Can we just act like we care about the outcome of the game? On Saturday, there was a Kentucky media member that said, like, they should preemptively rope off Knoxville for Saturday because it's going to be a crime scene. So that was like before they lost to South Carolina. So I can't imagine that there's any type of optimism or excitement for them heading into this game. Yeah, I mean, if I was a Kentucky fan, I would just want like them to just pretend that they care and play hard because that's the thing. They're not even doing any of that. It just totally quit last night against South Carolina. Who is bad? South Carolina is bad. They're really bad. All they do is shoot threes on offense. That's it. They're not even good at that. That's the other thing about Kentucky's offense. They don't shoot any threes. What's up with that? Everyone else is shooting a ton of threes. Rick Barnes, who we have called a dinosaur for years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Speak for yourself, buddy. The haters have called Rick Barnes a dinosaur, not us. We have said that Barnes... Is elite and he's the cutting edge. Well, you know he embraced the three point shot, and you know he's he's over the last ten games, Seth. He's coached the number eleven offense in the country and the number one defense in the country. Yeah, like to Rick Barnes's credit, he finally he saw the writing on the wall, and he was like, "Oh, everyone shoots threes now. That's what we have to do." Much like Nick Saban went with the spread offense, they're they're one and the same. So since then, Tennessee shot a ton of threes. Last night, Kentucky made three. Uh, South Carolina made more threes than Kentucky attempted. Uh, Kentucky starters, their starters shot one combined three-point shot. One. Their starters shot one three last night. It's very weird. The Gramco is a presenting sponsor of Reed's Ranch. What is the Gramco? Well, it is your go-to destination for all your Delta 8 needs. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products and merchandise, including Wake and Bake Delta 8 coffee, Delta 8 disposable vapes, Delta 8 gummies, the fruit punch is my favorite, and Delta 8 quick mix, pre-rolls, and my favorite, hard candies, some big orange hard candies. Go to thegramco.com browser selection 
Use the promo code BALLS25 for 25% off your order, and then you get free standard shipping for orders over $50, and that shipping is quick and discreet. Must be 21 or older. Gramco offers you an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. TheGramco.com. TheGramco.com. Let's get to some Patreon questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. I'm counting this as a new patron. New patron, D. McCall, ups his pledge from $2 to $10. Shout out to Brother D. McCall. We love you and appreciate you. Love, Brother D. McCall. Let's get to uh, some questions. Brother Chad, not Fields, asks, what is your favorite instrument? To, to listen to be played, I guess, or like that's just like a music. I mean, I love a good violin. I find those to be very soothing. It could then be turned into a fiddle. A piano is, is a pretty good standalone instrument, though. I do love a piano. Just listening to it, too. A guitar. I mean, I don't know. I like a lot of instruments. What about you? I, I would go with the pedal steel. The steel guitar is my favorite instrument to be heard in a song. Um, second favorite instrument to be heard in a song is the fiddle. And then uh, favorite standalone is the piano, no question. Right. But the steel guitar is my favorite instrument to be heard in a song. What's your favorite steel guitar riff? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Okay. But yeah, that's my that's my favorite. There's a question for next week. Favorite steel guitar riff. Brother CB asks, worst haircut experience. We asked that for you. I wasn't going to say that. He did say no offense to me. My worst haircut experience is when I was like five. I I loved getting haircuts, and I got a haircut like two weeks before. And I might have been younger than that. There's two. I have two. I then got in the seat. I was, I was like probably like three or four. I got in the seat, and Sam, my barber, tried to play me. He had the guard on way too hard or way too long, so it wouldn't actually cut my hair. And just did the like trying to make me think I was getting my hair cut, playing me like I was an idiot, and I realized what was happening. I just pissed a big fit and said they were all liars and, and stormed out. That one wasn't good. And then also Sam tried to play me and wouldn't put the Nike check in the back of my hair and tried to make me believe he had, and I could feel back there that there wasn't a Nike check. So I stormed out and called them liars again. Had some real trust issues with my brother Sam. Good barber, though. It's not very trustworthy. My favorite riff on still on the pedal steel is uh, Truck Driving Man by New Riders, The Purple Sage, after I thought about it for a second. Okay. Um, My other bad experience, uh, it was me trying to give a guy a haircut. I really, really messed his hair up. And he was, like, in college. Was like I, I think we were both probably in college. He was older than me, though, and I made him look so, so goofy, and I felt so bad. Apologies to Trey if he's listening. The worst haircut experience I ever had was with, what was, is it Campus Cutters? That's right off campus? Yeah. Like, the, the one that's right off campus? I went there one time my freshman year. I don't think it's there anymore. I could be mistaken, though. And, um, I walked out of there, and it looked like she had taken shears to my head and just, like, wasn't even looking at my hair when she was cutting it. I mean, just, uh, 
then like went home not too long after that and like a, like a week later or whatever and went back to the haircut and I was just like you got to do something with this and the same guy's cut my hair my entire life he's a former chippendale who has since um married a jehovah's witness lady and um he does a great job do you talk to him often about his past experience no no no, we keep it. We we talk about golf. That's it. And I don't even golf. I don't even golf. But we talk about golf because um. You should ask his thoughts on the Magic Mike movies. I recently watched the first two. Um, he told me one time he had slept with a thousand women by his best guess. So he so he was just out here dancing the Chippendale life and then finding women in the crowd and taking them home type of thing or. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. I mean, I imagine he was a pretty good looking guy and then pretty. Good he is a good looking if guy a, if he was a Chippendale guy. I imagine it was pretty easy for him. Yeah, he is a good-looking guy. Um, That'd be tough to be his wife. To I, I, I doubt she knows. No, surely she knows. I'm sure. I'm sure if he's telling you, surely. Oh, I'm sure she knows her. he's the Chippendale. I'm sure she knows he was the Chippendale. Well, I'm sure they had the talk of like, "Baby, that was my old life. I'm a new man." So one time, he wanted to get a lot better internet set up, and so. I like bought him everything, like router, everything, and I bought him a Roku. I bought him a Roku, and um, I set up everything for him at his house. Everything. So you went to his house. Yeah, I've known this dude for forever. So like you guys we're are close. friends. Yes, yes, we're friends. He's Can a good you ask guy. Him what his thoughts on the Magic Mike movies are? Well, I, let me just tell the story. Just tell the story. So I'm setting up the Roku. And I've got the Wi-Fi, everything set up. The Wi-Fi's humming. You know, he had like, you know, like dial up or whatever, boomer internet before the Wi-Fi's humming. And he asked me, he asked me with a straight face, like, you know, can he get on the internet on his Roku? Do they have like a browser? Because he wants to watch porn on his big screen TV. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy's still a deviant. (laughs) <laughs> he was at that point. I think. I think the woman's calmed him down. You She's can, calmed you him can, down. You could take the man out of Chippendales, but you can't take the Chippendales out of the man. Now he golfs. So then he like at like age whatever, like sixty or whatever. He got big into golf. Like he had never picked up a golf club in his life, and he just picked one up and got addicted to it. Still, still decided he could put balls in a hole. I guess <laughs> he goes golfing. He golfs four days a week at the same tee time. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, like 9.30 a.m., him and his wife. She golfs with him. Now he's just really big into golf, so. And he's like one of those dudes that got really big into politics during Trump, and like, he just wants to talk about, like, people raising taxes and but he just wants to talk about boomer politics. So I just, I keep it to golf because if I don't, I'm going to have to talk about like how evil Nancy Pelosi is. I think or he's going to get some sex stories out of him. Or he's going to ask me to like how to watch porn on like a projection screen in his new house. I mean, so we just, I just stick to golf. We talk about, you know, the live golf tour. Where are, his, where are his thoughts on the live tour? He doesn't mind it. He doesn't mind it. He doesn't mind. He's like, you know, hey, you know, it's, they're, they're making more money. You know, he's like, Dustin Johnson's just getting a salary now. He doesn't have to worry about winning. Why wouldn't you take the money? So I take it he was a Trump guy then. Because, you know, oh, was, yeah. If he was fine with the Saudi money, then he's okay with that. And, oh, know, yeah, oh, yeah. Big, big okay. Trump guy. Big Trump guy. 
So that's Big why Trump he likes guy. the 54 tour, because he, he's okay with the Saudi money. Okay, got it. Big Trump guy. Right. Yeah, but anyway, he does a great job with my hair. and hair I let that great every time I see you. I'm sure he tells you the same. I, I let that man, he cut my hair. He's the first person to ever cut my hair. He's the last person that ever cut my hair. I mean, he just cuts my hair, and I let those ladies at Campus Cutter do it one time, and I was like, never again. Now, one time I cut my hair myself, and I was like, I'm just going to buzz it. And I got home from church one Sunday and buzzed it. And like I did one swipe down the middle of my head and my razor died. And so I had to wait hours to like, you know, that sucked. But I mean, I just had to charge my electric razor. Yeah, it's crazy how the electric razor doesn't work while it's plugged in. I don't understand. Can somebody I don't understand that either. I don't understand. Why? That doesn't make sense. Thank you. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Everything else does. I always have the same fear, so I plug my char- – you know, every time I go to use it, I just plug it in for four hours before just to make sure because it always sounds like it's getting ready to go dead, and I, there's nothing you can do when it goes dead. And I've yet to understand why it can't work while being plugged in. It doesn't make any sense. It, it makes no sense. All this damn technology, it's 2023. How have we not figured this out? Agree completely. Next question. Brother Brett asks – What's the most expensive thing you've ever bought yourself, house, or car excluded? Oh, okay. I'm interested in this question. What do, what's your answer? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'll also exclude gambling losses in this, probably. Um, like, I just, I've just dropped $5,000 on LASIK. In 2016, that was a pretty big, like, just flat expenditure, not a house or a car. Yeah, yeah, that sounds... I mean, I I would say people would probably disqualify that, though. That's a medical expense. Yeah. It was worth $25,000. I paid $25,000 for it. I mean, it's it's amazing. Uh, That's like the... I don't know. I don't know. That might... I don't know. It's a hard question. I'd have to really think about it. Um, for a the long Georgia time, tic- yeah, for a long time. Okay, the Georgia ticket, yeah. That, that was pretty expensive. Yeah, that was pretty expensive. Um, and that definitely, no, was worth it. Yeah, I was, felt bad for TCU fans for going to that game and watching them get their ass kicked. Then I realized I did this a similar thing. And then getting the rain dumped on them yeah. in the upper deck like that. Yeah, it was pretty much a Tennessee-Georgia game. At least that one was like winner take all. Or it didn't even really matter in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, like a TCU fan, you can't even be mad. Yeah. It, it, had we won, we still would have had to win other games to get there. At least they were like winner take all. So that was a dumb purchase. That was the most expensive ticket uh, I've bought for a sporting event. They got two festival tickets that were VIP that ran me a pretty good chunk. Those boots, those cowboy boots I bought last year were pretty expensive. My crocodiles. My crocodiles are pretty expensive. That's probably my answer. For a long time, I never really bought anything. I got into a bad habit once Pops died of like, you know what, I'm going to die anyway, so I'm just going to spend all my money. That was kind of my mindset for a while. I'm, I'm trying to break out of that this year and save some money. Yeah. High-yield savings accounts have a big interest rate right now, buddy. Really? Yeah, we should. The, the, yeah. The, the, the Amex, the Amex 
You have an Amex card. I got an Amex card. So just open up, just open up their high yield savings account. The interest rate right now is three point three percent. I only know about this. Shout out to brother Zach in the Discord. Uh, he's a banker, obviously. You know, he's a banker, so he sucks, but he's good with money. And he told me about high yield savings accounts several years ago. He was like, they're a lot better than money market accounts. So I started looking at them, and at the time, like Goldman Sachs and Amex were the two best. So yeah, like Amex's interest rate right now is three point three. So it is, you know, it's it's a lot better than like a money market or a standard savings account. Yeah, credit to Zach. All those reps of depositing people's money and such, you just kinda learn it by osmosis. You kinda you learn how to move the money. Yeah. Credit to him. Brother Marwan with another question. Well he asked about ten. I'm gonna ask a couple because, you know, I'm not gonna play favorites. John, what are the top three things you want to see the Titans do this offseason? I really don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I've been trying to think about that. I felt very dumb traveling back from Jacksonville. Felt very stupid. And then I found myself wondering, what do I want to happen next? If I was going to, like, I think I would want to keep Tannehill and draft a good offensive lineman, sign a good offensive lineman, and kind of like let that be it. There's some talk about like DeAndre Hopkins of the trade market. I don't think the Titans would get in the mix there. But apparently he loves Vrabel from his time whenever they played they were in Houston together. But like obviously getting a good wide receiver and fixing the offensive line would be great. And keeping Tannehill. But there's also a part of me it's like, you know what, screw it. Trade up and get a quarterback because you need a good young quarterback because Every quarterback in the AFC playoffs right now is a good young quarterback. So, like, you need one of those, and we don't have one of those. So maybe swing for the fences. I don't know. Is there a quarterback at the top that you'd want to swing the fences for? My only thing about the Titans is that I I just think, you know, you're talking about bringing Tannehill back, and it has nothing to do with Tannehill. It has everything to do with Trevor Lawrence. I just feel like if the Titans run it back, they just – run the risk of getting even further behind. Uh, yeah, see, I see, I disagree. I don't, I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is very good. I, I thought Trevor Lawrence played like shit, scored 13 points. I've not gotten into an argument. Well, I did get into an argument. This guy almost wanted to fight me because he was talking shit about Trevor Lawrence. It's like, bro, you scored 13 points. It took our four-string quarterback fumbling for you guys to win. You scored 13 points. Relax. Trevor Lawrence was awful on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And But I was, was going to say is I'm not sure that they are like worth being worried about to that extent, but that's that would be something in the back of my mind as well as the fact that like the Colts are going to get C.J. Stout or Bryce Young. It appears. Yeah, and then I was you know obviously talking about Josh Allen and Mahomes and Herbert. Yeah, and you so you have all these you have all these young quarterbacks in the AFC, and this so it has nothing to do with Tannehill really to me. It's just about like. Are you just better off not just starting over now, as painful as it will be? What I would say to that is our defense is too good to do that. Yeah, doesn't. So that was going to be my next question. Like, if you did, like, you're not going to get it. Are you even going to get a top five pick next year? Probably not, because the defense is going to win you some games in that division. Our defense is too good. I would say yep. I would be okay. It's going to be funny, but I would even be okay if like drafting like a Will Levis, which is funny enough. And letting him sit for a year. I'd be fine with drafting a quarterback and letting him sit for a year. And then, like, letting Tannehill play this year and then moving on. I, I don't know. I'm really just open for anything. Who is the fifth quarterback? Who is the fifth quarterback in this draft? 
I don't know. After Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I would say like Anthony Richardson or Stroud will be there. Or not Stroud, uh, or Levis might be there at number 11. I'm just gunshot when it comes to drafting quarterbacks because we drafted Jake Locker, who fucking sucked, and Marcus Mariota, who fucking sucked. So, like, I don't want another quarter. There's nothing worse than drafting a quarterback who fucking sucks. Yeah, hell yeah. I don't disagree with that. Because you already, you, you already suck as a team, and he's not making you any better, and you feel committed to him for three or four years, and, like, he just completely holds you back. So that's my biggest fear. I'd rather keep piecing together veterans – like throw the bank at Lamar Jackson. I don't care. He's gonna get. He's gonna want out of Baltimore. It was just go try to sign him. He is gonna want out of Baltimore. I mean, all signs point to that. Why is that? Because they wouldn't give him his guaranteed money, and now okay, like okay. he's been nur- milking this injury, and probably not gonna come back for the playoffs because he doesn't want to get hurt because he's about to be a free agent. And I think they're both just fed up of each other, and I wouldn't be surprised if they moved on. Okay, I, I thought it was a contract deal. Yeah, you could do that. They offered him his money but wouldn't give it to him guaranteed. And basically, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson messed it all up for everybody. And then Lamar's had a pretty bad year. Another year where they didn't have any help for him at receiver. And so, like, it feels like it's headed for a divorce. Mike Vrabel loves running the ball. Hell, get him Lamar Jackson. He can run the ball all he wants. Yeah, I don't really know what the Titans should do at quarterback. I guess just bring Tannehill back. I got no clue. I don't know. Try it one more time. Yeah, you got to gotta get a left tackle. Yeah, or a right tackle or a guard. Somebody. Just get me somebody that can fucking block. But, yeah, left tackle, it's pitiful. It's pitiful watching Dennis Daly block. Is Ben Jones done? Is he, is he? I would imagine he's done, but who knows. Yeah. I imagine that almost four of the five offensive linemen will be different next year. Maybe all five. Who knows? Well, at different positions, at least. Brother Tuck asks, most important player for the basketball team to make a deep run. Shout out to Brother Tuck for the parking pass last night. G1 is a fantastic garage. He was right. Easy in, easy out. Most most important player for a tournament run? Yes. Uh, I mean, I feel like I would love... I don't know if it's the most important because, like, we need everybody to play well. So, like, I mean, in a tournament run, you, we're going to need three or four of our stars to be good. But, like, if Julian Phillips can keep being, like, the super hustle guy with athleticism that skies in and grabs a couple rebounds or put back dunks, that would be really important because he's the most athletic guy on our team. Yeah. If I was going to say, like, obviously. Kumwa just hit, hitting mid-range jumpers is pretty clutch, too, against, like, the zone defense. And, like, he's he's probably our best one-on-one player. Yeah, and then just how much better Zakai's gotten at point guard? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I came up with like three different answers. Yep. My my gut reaction originally, right off the bat, was Julian Phillips. Yeah, but then I was like, but man, think about how much Zakai better Zakai's gotten. Yeah, and I mean the offense has gotten better. We actually started throwing some lobs, even though our guys can't really catch them and finish. But I love the plays where we are running, where our guards are kind of coming off a very very tight screen. Around the, you know, not even at the elbow, even floor down in the elbow, and then like immediately slipping the pass off or throwing the oop to our big man. I thought that was a really nice set in our offense. I, I Do you agree? Like, I mean, maybe Phillips can get there, but like, I have the most confidence in, in Kumwa right now when it comes to one on one. We need a bucket or a good shot at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So is he our most important player? I don't know. It's a good question, Tug. I don't have an answer yet. I, I was just going to say that, like, this offensive resurgence we've seen and just the way they've been playing, like, obviously the best thing, in my opinion, has been Josiah being okay and then Josiah, like, looking like he did last year. Like, 
He doesn't look rusty. Right. But secondly is that Julian Phillips has rediscovered how to score the basketball in the last week. Yeah, he's just flying around and making hustle plays, too. I think that's pretty cool for a five-star to be doing. I don't think it's going to get him in the draft in one year, which is fine. You know, run it back. But it's going to make him a lot better of a college basketball player. Come while I'll say also, like, unlocks the small ball lineup if we have to go small. Like, playing him at the five makes us really dangerous, too. Mm-hmm. So, I guess for right now, I'll lock him as him as him being my official answer. Yeah. The finished freak. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he's really, really smooth on that mid-range jumper. He hated that guy from Vanderbilt last night, too. Yes, he did. Brother Garrick asks... For me, thoughts on jam bands. Um, I either I either absolutely love them, or I. And this is like on a by song basis. This is like a song by song basis. Okay, I absolutely love the song, or I absolutely detest it. There are Grateful Dead songs like "Ramble on Rose," "Ripple," uh, "Tennessee Jed," that I absolutely love. Uh, Grateful Dead's cover of Merle Haggard's Sing Me Back Home is also amazing. It's incredible. Uh, one of my favorite songs ever. But then Grateful Dead has songs that like I would rather be deaf than listen to. And that's just how it goes with jam bands. The only jam band, the only type of band like that that I just straight up love is the Almond Brothers. Um, Widespread Panic, I think, you know, the members of Widespread Panic should be in jail. They're Georgia fans. Um, they just, I don't like their music at all. It, it bores me to tears. They should just be in jail. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about them. I'm hit or miss with jam, jamming music too. Like sometimes I really appreciate it. And other times I'm like, okay, I get it. You're going to sing a lyric. You're going to sing a verse and then just do the same thing for a couple minutes and then sing another verse and then do the same thing for another four or five minutes. Yeah. And there's some bands that like, I mean, Obviously, like it, you have to go to a fish concert to understand. You, you can't listen to. You gotta be on drugs. Yeah, and you probably need to be like trying to, you know, reach the fourth dimension and stuff like that. But you know, that's how I feel. Anything else, brother? Uh, KTS, have you seen Avatar two yet? No, no, I'm not going to go see Avatar 2. Okay. I mean, I haven't either. I, I'm not. I was just, you know, curious. Did you watch the first one? Yeah, yeah, me and my dad won't see it. Yeah, I have no interest in watching the second one. But I got no I, I got no problems with people that want to watch it. I got no issue with it. If you want to be a nerd and go watch it, go be a nerd and watch it. I watch wrestling. So, like, I'm not here to judge anybody. Brother Mitchell asked the best ranked pieces in a bag. Plenty of movies about Native Americans. Like, go watch Daniel Day Lewis and the Last of Mohicans. Go watch Pocahontas. Go watch Pocahontas, bro. If you want to watch a movie about Native Americans, go do that. Go watch Pocahontas. You don't have to try to desensitize yourself to the reality by seeing big blue aliens. Go watch somebody get tomahawk chopped. Anyways, what? Brother Mitchell asks. To rank the pieces in a bag of Gardettos, the, uh... Yes, you again. No one gives a damn what I think. I don't even know what a Gardetto is, though, so maybe that's why. The, uh, rye chips are number one. The pretzels are number two. The 
thick bread pieces are three, and the skinny little bread pieces are four. But the rye chips are by far and away number one. And finally, Gartettos finally just started selling bags of the rye chips, which are amazing. Completely unrelated, other than the fact you said pretzel, is I've got a new favorite snack slash dessert, and I love the white chocolate-covered pretzels. I don't know how I made it this far in my life without having some, but uh, that's now my favorite snack. I love them so much. That's it. That's all I had to say. No, I mean, my mom likes those a lot, too. They're very good. My favorite snack these days is um the whole fruit fruit bars. Oh, skinny guy over here. No, 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 no. So during COVID, during guess I'll just eat shit. <laughs> during COVID, when Allie got COVID, she had to come to my apartment, and she like lived here for a week by herself, quarantined off, and so like she got all this you know food, like healthy food and stuff that like I would never in a million years buy to eat and she like had the whole fruit fruit bars left over and I was like one time I was hungry I was like you know what whatever I'll try these they're strawberry they're amazing they're incredible the black cherry especially strawberry and black cherry mango's third but strawberry and black cherry are at the top that's all I got okay all questions good to go yeah just for the record I wasn't saying I want Will Levis but I'm just saying like if I draft a quarterback and let him set for a year like he'll be around him or Anthony Richardson I'd be okay with that but it'd be so cool to like trade up and get a quarterback and like hit that would be cool to hit a home run and have your quarterback for the next 10 years it would be cool for them to trade up and draft CJ Stroud or whatever I haven't had that feeling as a fan ever with the Titans I mean they already had McNair and I became a fan I didn't fully believe Vince Young was going to be the next guy for the next 10 years either. You know what I mean? How much longer does Derrick Henry have with the tight? Like, when is his contract up? Um, I mean, he's under contract next year. They could theoretically cut him this offseason, though, and save like $12 million. They wouldn't, right? It depends if they want to hit the reset button or not. I wouldn't think they would unless they were just completely rebuilding, but you never know. That's why I went to Jacksonville, just to, just in case I wanted to see Derrick Henry's last game as a Titan to, uh, you know, send him off. I mean, I don't even like the Titans, and that makes me sad. That's why I went, just in case. It's been a good run. I've enjoyed it. He was still a damn workhorse this year. Well, I know, but if you're going to be bad and you're going to like draft a young quarterback and be bad, there's no sense of paying a running back $15 million unless you're just trying to sell tickets. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Could be the end of an era. I'm not worried about that yet, though. I'm focused on the Vols. I'll be inside Thompson Bowling Arena. Helping them get to another victory. They don't lose inside Thompson Bowling Arena. We're going to beat the hell out of Kentucky. And I'll talk to you next week. All right. I love you. Bye-bye. See ya.
I'm 